Two pastors and Tom walk into a bar, but this is no joke. It's the start of a conversation between three friends about culture, God, beer, and more. So pull up a chair, order a pint, and let's get started. anybody old enough to remember the show Miami Vice I mean I know we are all aware of the show it's kind of in our cultural lexicon but do you ever remember watching the show I mean I'm old and even I was too young to really watch the show or appreciate it the point I'm trying to get around to here is that there are two main characters James Sonny Crockett and Ricardo Rico Tubbs apparently everybody had a cool last name and even a cooler nickname so as I think about Miami Vice juxtaposed against Pine Class Preachers, I start thinking about who is who, who's Sonny, who's Tubbs, am I either one or am I none? There are three of us here, usually, and so was there like a third recurring character that, that I would identify with more? Would I even look good in a white blazer? So, I mean, let, let's just get past this. So as we dive into our episode here, I want you to remember that I had like three minutes to figure out this intro. Apparently, we are talking about vice or vices or something. So naturally, I just decided to make an entire intro based on the only time I've ever used or thought about the word vice. So we are talking about vices, not Miami vice or being Minnesota nice or those things that we have on the workbench to hold something in place. We're just talking about vice or vices, vices. I don't know. Here we go. Pine class preachers. Unless your name is Janet O'Neill. I'm going to guess you have never seen an episode of Miami Vice and perhaps have no idea what that show even is. So if I'm incorrect, oh, we're that, gonna start we are gonna start this episode off by asking you to text in whether or not you have any idea Please. what Miami Vice is. 612-208-6258. Because we need to we, Tom, Tom has to do better. That's really what we're doing here. Tom you have no idea about the show. I've Miami heard of it, Vice. Tom, but like you're trying to make references to white blazers. And it's like, I have no, I, no point of reference. Yeah. No reference point to this. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you. Thank you. That, that's what I'm saying. You got like, again, we joke about my age all the time. I'm what? Five years older than you guys. Probably. Might as well be 50. Are you 40 now, Tom? I'm 41. Oh, oh. Yeah. Gen X oh. in the house. Oh, what happened? Like, but that, but like right there, that's the age difference because like I was like five when Miami Vice was at its height, <laughs> you and you guys were Miami even... Vice when you were five. Are you we need to have a talk like... with the O'Neills, one Reverend O'Neill and Miss Janet O'Neill? We need to have a conversation. <laughs> Sorry, were you not aware of anything outside of your household when you were five, Josh? Or no. did you just Duplo blocks and like whatever food was shoved in front of your face? <laughs> basically, basically, Janet, if you're listening to this episode. Please text us at 612-208-6258. We Josh need to have a talk about... TV until he was 15, and then he immediately became awesome and cool and hipster culture-wise. Like, they just <laughs> jumped from zero to 100. We struck a nerve, folks. We All right, I do when like how mad born? Like, 1995, and then immediately, like, Nirvana! Woo! Like, I mean, oh, my gosh. 
Oh, right. I'm sorry, Tanner, you're probably younger than that. Nirvana was a band in the early to, I would say, late 90s that really kind of restructured how music went and started with the grunge era, which I'm sorry, grunge. It's a word that we use to describe music in the 90s. Um, I don't know. When did you become aware of music? When was the first time you heard music? Was it 2005? Was it Britney Spears? I don't know. We should really, we should really unpack this. I don't know why I said I was going to do this podcast with you guys. So, hey everyone, we have a guest with us today. And we're immediately uh, going to tear him down. Uh, Tanner Olson of Written to Speak is here. Uh, we're super excited. He was on our very first episode. Uh, he's also on a B-side that is either when, already when he out. was four years old, actually. All right, uh, All right Tom, this call, someone call him ago. down. Someone call him down. You know what? All right. I, Tom, I am the moderator of the Zoom. He is Tom muted. I just muted Tom. Thank Tom you. is muted. Right, Tom. I'm going to... Tom, I will have you know that I do know about Miami Vice. I also know about the A-Team. I don't want to brag, but I know all about it, all right? I so know I you say, do, because you're from Florida, and it's not that hard. Yeah, Miami Vice. It's in my t-shirts, my teachers growing it's up. like the life, great. that's just life in Florida? Yeah, you just walk around, and you are see you, people in white coats just rolling their sleeves up the whole time. Yeah. Are you guys aware of the colors teal and pink? Like, I like... So we have a guest with us today, Tanner Olson of Written to Speak. Um, you maybe heard him on a B-side that is either going to be released or has been released. We don't know because we're bad at this, but we are very fortunate to have Tanner with us. He was with us on our very first episode where we discussed social media. Uh, what's kind of fascinating about that is uh, Tanner, who is a, a poet, a speaker, uh, a writer, and a really good friend, um yeah like was, that, that's an important piece like he's not just like a guest we've had before and now we're bringing him back like tanner's a friend like it, we worked with him we chat with him regularly i mean he is a friend um but more to the point is uh he he this is what he does and uh it's interesting we had you talk about social media initially because like we were kind of just getting into the game. You were just getting into the game. And now here we are like five years later. I mean, you've been writing for a while, but in terms of like really active right. social media usage and here we are like five years later. And I mean, it, you, you're, I mean, I don't know. You, you're my closest friend that has the most followers of anyone I know. Dude. So uh, we can take credit for Tanner's I think success. It, I mean, it is probably that does rate, right relate now? directly to us. Is that right? I get Tanner? dozens of messages a day that start with, I heard you on the first episode of Pine Glass yeah. Preachers. And that that's crazy. Right. It's Truth. crazy. Truth. That sounds right. Well, cool. <laughs> well, Tanner, uh, we are super glad to have you with us, man. Thanks for taking the time to be here. Just happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, you are indeed. Smiley face on the coffee mug. So um, what we want to do, though, as we gather together um, as brethren, is uh, is share <laughs> what we're drinking. And so uh, why, don't we, uh, why don't we do this? Uh, Yeshua. Why don't you share with us what you're drinking tonight, my friend? Oh, yes. So I'm very excited about this because uh, we haven't recorded in a while. I sent a text message picture, an old picture message to my buddies, Tom and Gabe. I picked up because, uh, well, you listeners wouldn't have known this, but a couple weeks ago, Gabe was in Tom's neck of the woods doing a wedding and they were hanging out. So as you can imagine, being really great friends, what did they decide to do? but send me pictures of every activity that they did together where I was not present with them all weekend long. Friends of friends forever. forever. If the Lord if the Lord's 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 Lord's
they had sent me some pictures of some delicious looking gin that they'd picked up and it made me jealous. So in an attempt to overcompensate for the exclusion of our friendship, I stopped by the old liquor store today and I grabbed Boxer Gin. It sort of looks like it's in a wine bottle, but it's a really cool, deep, almost like royal blue. Um, and it's described as not only being distilled in England, but full of black juniper and bergamot. And uh, it's got a sweet looking boxer on the back. You know, old school, like 19 ought something, you know, why oh, yeah. I oughta kind of thing. Yeah, uh, and it's knuckle. pretty good. You know, it's, yeah, I mean, it's good. It's a, it's a, it's a really solid London dry. Um, yeah, it's, it's scrumptious. Would I get it again? I'll probably try something else, but for tonight. It'll do. Awesome. Thanks, It'll Josh. It'll do. Uh, hermano Tomas, what are you drinking tonight, man? Well, Gabe, I am uh, to pile on for Josh here. When you and I were together, our my neighbor had given us a strawberry habanero mixture, right? And I had put that together with a bourbon and ginger beer kind of thing. And so I'm drinking that again tonight because it's delicious. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. It is what I it like is. it. I like it. Um, let's do our special boy guest, uh, Tanner Special Boy. What are you drinking? I would like to be called Tanner Special Boy from here on out. I think Consider that would do wonders for my mental health. Um, uh, I am drinking some Monkey Shoulder, uh, some blended malt Scotch whiskey. Just neat. Nothing neat. else. Not even ice. No right. ice cubes. I don't need it. You don't need it. Did you almost just want slip into a Sean Connery impersonation right there? I felt like you were I going can't. to. Oof, I can't do voices mm. of any kind. Only my okay. own, and it's unfortunate. No. That, was that like would Scottish elevate what you were trying speak, to do. though, if you could do it. In if different... I could do voices, yeah. If I could do voices, I wouldn't be able to talk with you guys. I would say that. Yeah, yeah that's actually just... very true. We would be we would be pandering to you. Like, yeah. hey, remember Tanner when we were like cool and friends? Oh, take us with you to the top. And I would say, what did you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, well, since you guys asked, um, I am in fact. Hey, what are you drinking? Hermano, Hermano Gabriel. Yeah, three of my best friends in the whole world. Thanks for asking. So, <laughs> um, I am drinking uh, uh, Space Station Middle Finger from yeah! uh, Three Floyds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so my favorite. Deal, this is a very big deal. Uh, three Floyds Brewery out of Munster, Indiana, has increased their distribution. Uh, to at least reach Southeast Michigan. Wait, Munster, Munising, right? It's Munster. Munising, Is it Munster? I'm 100% positive. All right. Um, but they've increased their distribution to Southeast Michigan, uh, which means we get my favorite beer by them, which is Zombie Dust, but I'm trying to expand my Three Floyds Horizon. And I was encouraged to drink Space Station Middle Finger. And I'll be honest, it's quite good. Uh, it sounds as good as zombie dust time, though, but it's very, very good. Oh, what's Gabe, the, uh, see, what's the I, I will tell you because they uh, they have uh, distributions now in Minneapolis for Three Floyds. Oh, wow. And, okay. Yeah. And uh, Space Station Middle, Middle Finger has replaced zombie dust for me as my favorite Three Floyds wow. beer. Is that like a stout? Are we talking IPA? No, a it's nice, an APA. A nice yeah. Meltzen. It's just an APA. Oh, an APA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And nice. then I want to add this, too, though. I'm also... Once we get going, gonna drink uh, some Dragon Share Original, which is a bourbon barrel seltzer. Um, yeah, that sounds so awesome. yeah, I know it what? sounds gross, but I actually love it. Uh, it's based out of uh, New Holland Brewing Company makes it, and it's their seltzer, but they do it with a bourbon barrel, so it's like a bourbony seltzer. It's actually amazing. At least I like it. 
And I feel like, because I mean, the problem with being a dude who likes seltzers is like, no, you own it. What's that? You just got to own it. I I mean, you can own it. Like there's guys that can do that, you know, and and I guess, you know, whatever, but this one, you don't even have to own it. Like, I just feel like, oh, this is, this is like, I got hair on my chest from drinking it. So. So always silence the noise. Just go with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, but I will say, I mean, like, I don't like seltzers. I have really tried. I, you know, lots of different kinds. I don't have like you them. Truly but like, tried though, Tom. I have. I have truly tried. But like, New Holland puts out good beer, so like, I'm willing to try. There we go, dude. Do it. Look for some Dragon Share. Change your right. life. I just, Although that was I when I was like visiting you. When you, you looked for it in your fancy liquor store, and I couldn't find it there. Just so you know. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. I just feel what like sometimes that, when, you, when you bourbon barrel something, you know, when you barrel age it, sometimes it can get really funky really fast. True. But this doesn't? No, I think it's okay. amazing. Okay. Yep. All right, gang. Uh, we are talking about vices today. That's enough of this intro. We've been flapping our lips for too long. Uh, we have got Tanner Olson from Written to Speak with us. He's a genius. Uh, he's fun to talk with. And so we're excited to have him. Josh has some fun stories about shenanigans in the backwoods of Tennessee. Uh, and we're going to talk about vices. What does it look like uh, to, to either kill our vices, to manage our vices? Do we all have vices? Um, you got your vices. I've got my verses. That was an album by Switchfoot. A very good one, I might add. Um, and so we're going to talk about vices when we come back. Now it's time to go to the break. Oh, does that mean it's time to go? Yeah, it's your time. So, I'm hey, we're back, I'm just everybody. We're, I'm, we're I'm just, okay, okay, we're back from break, all right? I may have a bit of a vice when it comes to just trying to get a laugh, to crack a joke, you know, to make people like me through my humor because my self-confidence is so low. But anyway, all that aside, <laughs> um, we can have a, a, a session with the wonderful counselor later. Um, we're talking vices tonight, all right? And... The reason that uh, we wanted to discuss this was quite honestly because a friend of mine here in Chattanooga made a very interesting comment to me a few months ago. And we were on a road trip to Nashville, Nash Vegas, where Tanner does his, you know, variety shows in the evening time at the casinos, uh, reading his poetry. And we had stopped at a brewery and we were talking about beers and like different styles we liked and all that kind of stuff. And as, you know, it is prone to do, uh, when you start talking about, beer or spirits liquor or alcohol you know inevitably the conversation comes up about like oh so like have you ever smoked weed or uh have you ever like done any drugs or anything like that right and it's all conversation that's not wait that's not, you, guys, you guys didn't talk about like whether you've done blow before anyway okay all right all right all right we'll continue this we'll continue this conversation and during the course of, of this conversation, um, he made a very interesting comment to me because I know him to be an atheist. He is a, a former Christian who kind of has revolted against the faith because his father was, you know, a very rural, very uh, pious, very strict conservative preacher back in, you know, the kind of the, the outskirts of East Tennessee here. And he made this really interesting comment. He goes, well, I've never actually smoked weed before. And it kind of caught me off guard, right? Because this is someone who had, had done some other things um, that may have included aerosol cans and or paint cans back in the day um, and said he thoroughly enjoyed drinking and, you know, liked 
beer, liked whiskey. I mean, he, he enjoyed I like beer. Yes. Thank you. Kip. Anyway, he really enjoyed this and it caught me off guard. So I asked him, I was like, Oh, I'm like, why are you so seeming so like against it? And he's like, well, um, I have to manage my vices. And it, and that phrase kind of stuck with me. Right. And I asked him what he meant. He's like, I just really like to drink. Um, and this guy, he's, he's very high functioning. I wouldn't describe him as an alcoholic per se. Um, and yet he said, I really like to drink. I like beer and, and all those kind of things. And so I have to manage my vices. And the reason it stuck out of my mind was because I was like, you know, I think that we ascribe sort of like levels of judgment to different vices, right? We could say cigarette smoking, you know, how, how many of us, when we're looking at someone, you know, smoking a cigarette are like, they are literally killing themselves and everyone around them. Secondhand smoke is the devil and they're going to ruin their lives versus perhaps you've been out to lunch and you see those uh, fancy business folks, you know, down in a couple of cocktails midday and you're like, they're raging alcoholics. And immediately that judgment comes to mind, right? So what I'd like to discuss tonight and really throw out to not only you three, but to the listener as well is when we consider vice, one, is it really about managing vice or as Christians, are we supposed to eliminate all vice? Two, is that even possible? All right. And if not, how do we deal with it? And three, do the holiness movements then have the upper hand or perhaps uh, a stronger sense of discipleship compared to contrasted with, let's just say Lutherans who are pretty flexible and free when it comes to the gospel and therefore you know, yeah, we talk about things we should and shouldn't do, and yet we tolerate your typical, some of your typical vices, such as drinking, smoking, tobacco, dancing, card playing, general revelry. Well, what do you guys that, think? That's that's the first question that I want to dive into is like... Is general revelry? Yeah, is general revelry a vice? Like, revelry? Like, what... Are we considering, like, the odd glass of wine a vice? Are we... You know, yes, gambling on every last thing, vice, is, you know, smoking. I mean, is doing lines of coke a vice? Yes. But, like. Is watching Netflix for two hours a day a vice? For sure. I mean, this is is really, I mean, genuinely, this is why I'm asking, right? Because we would never say that someone who busts out Netflix or Amazon Prime um, or a dirty toupee for a couple hours a night, like Gabe is currently doing right now, like none of us, I don't think would say or, or really in our hearts or our minds judge someone that like intensely or severely for binging a Netflix show every single night. Right. But we would say, oh, like you drink every night or you smoke 20 cigarettes a day or five cigarettes a day or whatever. Like, oh, there's something wrong with you. You need to manage or mitigate that. Does that make sense? So, yeah. so the way that I've always thought about vices is when it starts impacting your family or your 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 finances to a significant degree or or something like that, right? If you have a beer after work every day, is that a vice? Like I don't think so. If you go well, to the bar and put down seven, eight, nine beers before you go home, yeah, I think that's maybe a vice. That's impressive. Yeah. then you went home you didn't just you went from you went from one to seven that's a big jump that's a good luck so i think i let's 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 define vice i would say vice is an activity that is not beneficial to your well-being 
that you take part in regularly. Okay. Like oh, that, so that would be I, my I, definition I, of it. I'm going to disagree with that. Okay. Let's go. That's why we have this show. Right. So <laughs> let's take it to a different level. Cause in our pre uh, in our pregame discussion here, we were talking, Josh, I think you even said something around like eating or something like that. If I'm a foodie and I like going to restaurants to uh, find the newest and greatest, you know, thing, Hey, those calories, that fat content, that whatever is not good for me. I shouldn't be eating that, that food. So is that, is that a vice? Because it's not inherently good for me. It's not veggies and water. I mean, sort of like, it depends, dude. Like that's where I'd be kind of fine with that. Like, I don't know if I'm a foodie that likes to like my foodie preferences are McDonald's, Burger King, Chick-fil-A and Wendy's. Like you can't be yeah. a foodie if those are your preferences, but go on. Why not? Uh, but if Fushy you are jerk. a foodie, then I also am one as well. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, my point would be like, like, yeah, if you're go- like, if you're going somewhere and you're like eating trash, then yeah, it's bad. So, but if you're not eating trash, then it's different. Like, then well, it's not a vice. So, so, so it really I, does depend on what it's doing to your body and what I mean, it's doing to your well-being. We, we've, we've read like doctor's reports though that like red, one red gla- one glass of red wine a day is yeah, actually then, healthy for you. But then that's have not a, a vice. Except for a Baptist will tell you it absolutely is. No. So this is where I want to distinguish vice versus sin. Okay. Like, so sit like this, this is where the conversation is easy. If it's sin, no, you don't do it. Like for as Christians, like we're just like, all right. So if it's like, oh, my vice is porn, it's like that's not a vice, that's sin, bro. You just have to stop doing it. Right. Like, but it's also a vice. I mean, it is. That's right. That's right. Like all sin is vice, not all vice is sin. That's some good advice. Helpful. I Hmm. I I googled it. I googled it for all of us. I typed in vice meaning. This is what we get. A vice is a moral failing. Or a bad habit. Hmm. Lying and cheating are both forms of vice, but anything can be a vice as long as there's someone out there who views it as bad behavior or a moral weakness, which oh, I think is that, kind of interesting. That's that interesting. Last part. It, as long as it becomes this judgment thing. Right. Yeah. So that kind of goes back to like, you know, smoking cigarettes, but like, yeah, but if for people who smoke them, they're like, there you go. There you go. But then it comes to that, like, well, what kind are you smoking? Because then that, then it's advice. The interesting thing about smoking, though, is like it is scientifically proven they are just bad for you. Like there, there is there is absolutely zero benefit to you as a person to it. it okay. There, there's yeah, but bad. at one time it wasn't a vice, though, right? So at what point did it become a vice? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Right? So so let's... once we found out it caused cancer. <laughs> Yeah, once we found out, this will kill you. Mad Men episode season one, episode five. Like I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so so here's a here's a really interesting but also pertinent distinction that 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 needs to be made. Then right, Um, how many of you know people who smoke cigars on a regular basis? Yeah, true or false? True or false? We make a distinction between someone who smokes a cigar on a regular basis versus that person who's got a cigarette in their hand. Dude, there's totally a class issue there to be honest like i think i like it's like okay that's fair like it seems in our day and age the judgment is more like like i think it's drawn oftentimes along class lines where it's like oh you smoke cigarettes you're lower class oh you smoke cigars every day all right well that's cool so i've got a good friend who's collecting whiskey right now and he has a very significant and nice whiskey collection 
if I had that amount of money invested in Coors Light, I'm an alcoholic. Right. You know, but he's a collector. He's a, you know, whatever. I mean, connoisseur. Yeah, connoisseur. Yes, thank you, connoisseur. Yep. Classic. No, but would, thing, but like, would he call it a hobby? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, I collect all kinds of. I collect all kinds of cheap beer. I'm a connoisseur of cheap beer. I, it's a hobby. But it's I do think it does depend on like how you consume it, right? Like I doubt your bro like is just like getting sloshed every day or, or and if he is don't tell us but like we can imagine someone who like has a really nice whiskey collection who like you know one one night a week has some friends over they do a couple samplings and like that's their thing you know i like would even that. say if he is every night before he goes to bed he walks down to his whiskey cellar chooses a wonderful bottle and pours himself a finger of whiskey as he watches sports center before he goes to bed like is that a vice like watching sports center yes it is now actually it's gotten so question. bad so bad it is it's terrible Although, we could do an entire episode of how bad sports center is right now but like well and, and i mean so the reason i brought this up wasn't to get into the weeds of like this is this isn't necessarily wait, just we're talking the, about weed now yes i was gonna bring that up too well so actually to bring that up, I've my I've got some family in, that said that they have friends that they've stopped. Let's just say they stopped with alcohol consumption. They don't even smoke. All right. But they have an edible every single night before bed. Right. Is that a vice? Like this is the question to me, because it, one, if we distinguish between moral judgment, right, then I think mm -hmm. that's. We have to have that conversation, particularly as Christians, because there are some denominations, some sects within the Christian church, Seventh-day Adventists, even though they're not Christian, uh, but more specifically, like the holiness I'd movement. I argue with you on that. Go what? On. Nothing. What, what, have what you dug into some Adventist of their stuff? Talk? They believe that if you worship on Sundays, you're going to hell. Do they really? Yeah, and they abide by all Jewish purity laws. Like, this is sort of the point. They're either all vegetarian. Right, all right. We'll cover later. Okay, anyway, a lot of Seventh-day Adventists down here, okay? Um, but look at your Seventh-day Adventists. Very, very health conscious, okay? Like, mm -hmm. no pork. They're mostly vegetarians. Exercise, good diet. Like, that's a good thing, right? Um, you look at the piety movements, holiness, assemblies of God, uh, especially down here in the South, you know, you're thinking like Duggars is what comes to mind, you know, knee to ankle length, jean skirts, uh, you know, wrist covered hair in modest, you know, um, styles, all that kind of stuff. And they would say a significant part of our Christian faith is that we have, we, we have to avo avoid vice at all costs. Right. Mm -hmm. So the question remains one, do we all have vices? And if so, is it about managing them? Or is it the attempt in Christian holiness or the pursuit of Christian perfection, if you're a Wesleyan, to eliminate vice? And is that even a realistic possibility this side of Christ's return? Does this start blending into like false idol kind of conversation? Like, because Jesus talks about like, it's not the, it's not alcohol. That's the problem. It's the love of alcohol. It's not money. That's the problem. It's the love of money. Right. And so if you have a drink, that's not a problem. If you're drunk all the time, that's the problem. So if you have a drink of whiskey, that's, 
that's not a vice. If you're getting drunk, that's a vice. If you're, no, see, if you're watching like three why... hours of Netflix every single night before if bed, you're making that, that your pri- If you're making that your priority, is that the vice? So I, I don't know. To me, this is where I think my definition is, is best. Um, no surprise. But Shocking. Like, no, but it has to be like something that is not beneficial to your well-being. And we can kind of define that pretty broadly, but like, cause like, because there's a difference between vice and an idol, like working out can be an idol, but it is not a vice. Like it's not a vice to be healthy, but it can be an sure. idol to be healthy. Right. Sure. So like, no, I think vice- that I, that's a great example. That is a really good example. Thank you. And that's why I don't work out. I just don't want to put myself <laughs> in that really smart. situation. Don't, to be avoid tempted, that idolatry, Tanner, don't be tempted. Yeah. Tanner, I'm right there I'm with you, man. Flee from temptation. So, Josh, man, like, here's the thing that's weird is, like, you know, you look at, like, holiness movements and that sort of thing. Like, uh, actually, I actually had a dude in a Pentecostal church say this to me once. He's like, yeah, we're all about, like, you know, the, like, skirts to ankle length, like, that sort of, like, weird stuff. And they're like, but sometimes he's like, he's like, sometimes I feel like we miss the point, like. Jesus didn't die because someone wears mascara and, uh, and like, he's super right in saying that. And I think even more so, like, it's like, it's, it's just Phariseeism. Like, like that's me as a thing. Like, that's why I want to distinguish between sin and, and, uh, vice. Like, because I, I, I think like we, we actually usually make laws worse than God does. Hmm. Hmm? Like we, we normally put worse laws on ourselves than God does. And, and so to me, I'm like, I like, again, if it's sin, stop doing it. If it's vice, like that's where it's a matter of saying like, all right, what, you know, it's a matter of wisdom, I guess, in my mind, like I, I, and, and I, and I mean, and stewardship, which, and so that, that is where sin maybe comes in the conversation here. Maybe I'm talking too much here, but one of the things I'm thinking about is like, I think I'm the only one of the four of us, like I smoked, like I was a smoker. Uh, And so I think about like your friend who's like managing his vices, like the way I quit smoking was I switched to dip. And the way I switched delicious. Right. And the way I I got, that's how I got out of cocaine. I just switched to heroin. And I mean, like, that's the thing. Like there is that actual reality. Like it is hard. Like vices exist for a reason. Like, there are these things we turn to and it, I don't know, at least for me, it was always more the psychological thing than the physical thing. Like, it's like the physical withdrawals of nicotine are like bad for a couple of weeks, but then it's like not that big a deal. It's the psychological pieces. And I think that's the same thing for any of us with any of our vices, whether it is binging Netflix, whether it is, I don't know, too much coffee, whatever, like it's Interesting. mostly the psychological piece. And so that's where it's like assessing your dependencies and so oh, well, act, the dependency is a good word. No, Hold no, no. On. I want to, I want to jump into that because the, the things you were just talking about, Gabe, all fall on the pantheon of addiction, right? Well, yeah, but we could do ones that don't. Do you want me to do that? Or do you want to stay with addiction? Well, no, I mean, you were talking about like, smoking. like, I'd say like, though, but like, honestly, to Josh's point, like there's people that like, binge netflix like uh, an unhealthy amount like if that's all you do every night that's a bad life but i think like the thing underneath the thing is probably the laziness right right sure or like sloth. procrastination sloth. or like 
I'm just not going to do anything. Yep. Is that a vice? Sure. Well, so right? Is okay. that a sin? Oh, okay. yeah. Where actually, just, this is so, this is a great segue because when, when as I as those words kind of lingered in my mind over the months, what it transitioned me to thinking about, and there, this is the reason why I specifically referenced like the holiness and you know pursuit of Christian perfection, John Wesley and stuff like that, right? Is let's have a very honest assessment conversation with ourselves. And this is something that just being very transparent and vulnerable, like this is as I think about my own vices, right? This is where I think about, okay, to, to Gabe's favorite, favorite concept. What is the telos of abandoning this vice? Right? So if I said like, let's just say I gave up drinking all like beer, wine, gin, everything. Right. And I gave the stuff up. Would I replace that with, say, more fervent study of Scripture, more time spent in prayer, uh, all the other classic check-the-boxes of, of Christian discipleship? Probably not. Like, it would be replaced with something else that would then steal my time, right? And so, one, we're not talking about stuff like, let's, I, I'd like for the sake of the conversation, let's eliminate the actual things that become addictions, both physical and psychological to the point where like you need rehab like you really need to quit cold turkey you're literally ruining your life okay but let's talk about manageable so quote unquote manageable vices that we all struggle with and they're different from person to person the logical step for a christian right and particularly as pastors would to say hey quit quit binging netflix for five hours every single night when you get off work you should go to bible study or you should pray more or you should be a better citizen or fill in the blank right but yep. How many of us actually do that when we replace those activities with, say, Christian discipleship? And then, in my mind, and perhaps I'm flawed in this, so feel free to, to, to raise an objection. Then, in my mind, then it actually transitioned, Tanner, to what you were describing a bit earlier, which is then a sense of idolatry, right? And that, to me, is the crux of this, is, in, to use Wesley's language, the pursuit of Christian perfection, Yes, we know it can be flawed, and yes, we know it can actually become an idol in itself because it's simply unattainable, and yet, is that what we should be doing? Should we as Christians seek to intentionally replace all vice in our lives to replace it with the pursuit of Christian holiness and or perfection and somehow not let it become then a works righteousness, self-made idol to say, look how great we're doing compared to everyone else? Does that make sense at all? Yeah, but I feel like it, it sounded something. really good. It sounded really good. Well, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking like uh, Jesus gave us a lot of really good examples um, just by the way that he lived his life. However, he didn't have Netflix, right? He didn't have whiskey. He didn't have social media. So like then it's like looking at how did he live and then trying to figure out how do we live like that with all these other distractions and opportunities that are around us. Right. And so I think it, that makes the conversation difficult is because we don't know what Jesus would have done. Right. Like there could have been, you know, another chapter where him and the disciples were binging episodes of Miami Vice. Mm. I don't know. With right? big fans. We're all going to go. Watch. I don't know. It's going to be great. You know, I'm not going to watch. Interesting. You know what I'm saying, enough, though? No, I, I do. And actually, interestingly enough, I, I was going to bring this up, but it's it's so far out of context, I think, for most of our listeners. But in the Middle East, there is a, a tradition of chewing this stuff called cot, and it's a, it's a leaf. 
and it's it's not like tobacco um but as as you chew it you like literally ball up a giant wad like a tennis ball size wad and keep it in your cheek and it does provide a little bit of a buzz but it's this cultural habit and tradition kind of like drinking tea or coffee where typically in the afternoons taking a break from the sun and from work uh particularly men would sit around and chew cot and it's it's prevalent all over northeast africa and in the middle east right and so like part of me says i wonder if jesus chewed cot Mm. you know what i mean like is that something he did he he very well could have it's it's been around for for a long time maybe not that long but um you know stuff like that like we know he drank wine i mean he turned water into wine for crying out literally his first miracle was like i'm gonna create some really good wine over here right no but i think tanner i think what you brought up is like a very it obviously like that is the question of interpretation of christianity and discipleship every at in at every turn in every cultural moment uh you know in every century and age but particularly i think for us tonight like yeah that is really fascinating right like in an age of netflix or an age of social media what would jesus have us do or recommend based on the teachings what can we you know uh, assess yeah in, in an age of where you know often you hear say well, like whatever works for you like this you know in an individualistic world and where you can't tell and you shouldn't apparently tell anybody that what they're doing is not right or correct or good or healthy because you get to live your own life and whatever you do just matters for you. I think that's what kind of makes things a little bit difficult when it comes to this is because we see a lot of freedom in other people's lives versus like you do whatever you want to do because it's your life. Right. We see that over and over again. Yeah. I think that's true. And I think like one of the things though I, I wrestle with in this conversation is like this tension between um, I think there's really wise ways to live and there's foolish ways to live. And I think there's holy ways to live. And I think there's evil ways to live. And I think all of those things can actually end up kind of intersecting in some weird ways, like not, not holiness and evil so much or foolishness and wisdom, but like you can actually lead a relatively like holy life, not totally, and be a little bit foolish, like where, where you're not really like in sin or anything, but you're just maybe not using the things you have wisely, not using your time as wisely as you could. Um, and you can lead a really like wise life. And, and so to me, like my goal, I guess I would say would be to lead a wise life that is also holy. Um, but, but it's like, you, you like have to like do this with an extension of grace. Like, cause that's where you fall into legalism. Like it ends up just getting weird. Like it's like, because, because like, I mean, I, I think in my own life, like I, I want to be like disciplined. And so like, I have things where it's like, you know, like I have to read for a half an hour every day. Like that's just like built into my life. Um, like I do intermittent fasting. I don't eat between 11 and six, unless I'm at Tom's house and he makes bacon and I did eat that. Um, but, but I don't eat between, or I only eat between 11 and six, excuse me. Um, and so I do intermittent fasting. Like I try to work out, um, you know, five days a week, like these sorts of things, right. Which I think are like healthy habits. I think they're wise habits. And I try to avoid certain vices. Like I, you know, don't do nicotine at all anymore. Like these sorts of things. Um, and yet if I start turning that into a thing in which I can turn down my nose at other people, like then I'm a Pharisee and it's terrible. And that's like the worst vice of all. I mean, that's a sin. And so that's where it's like, it's to me, it's just like, this is the tension of actually Christian life in general is like that, that balance of like, how do we, um, 
live and rest in grace? How do we actually rest in grace and not have to feel like we have to be these stoics that have all our stuff together all the time? And at the same time, how do we make wise and disciplined decisions that are good for us and actually end up being good for the people around us as well? Yep. Yes. That was it. I think that's You're good. One, one of the questions that I have is, well, like with all of that, like if you were to, if you, all the things that you just said, what you do, why you do it, if you were to, if so, someone else were to hear that, they might just say, well, that works for you. And I think one of the questions that, uh, that I've been hearing often when talking about uh, like counseling and stuff like that is like, well, what does your body say? Or what does your body need? Right. And so for some people be like, there's no way I could function in the morning without eating. So I can't fast between 11 and six. Right. Like, or yeah, right, right. only eat between 11 and six. Right. 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 And so it's like, what is, and I think when talking about vices, it's like, well, what does your body say? Right. What is the body's, your personal body's response to all of this stuff? And I think that can kind of help determine some of these things as well, because, and this is where, this is where I haven't really thought this all the way through though. Uh, and like we kind of mentioned, like a vice for one person may not be a vice for another person, right. but like, how does that then intersect with sin as well? Right. Yep. Yeah. So totally. I, I mean, and, and the sin that has to be mentioned, like it would be idolatry, right? Because it's like, yeah. many, like there's other ones where it's like, well, there's some sins that are just sins for everyone. Right. Like, again, right. like no one's like virtuously looking at porn like that's adultery is never okay right exactly um but drinking may not be a a sin for me it may be a sin for you to be honest you may idolize right. it i do not right like mm-hmm. that sort of thing um yeah so that, that i mean like that is tricky and 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 i think Nope. I don't think anything go on. Anyone else have anything brilliant? Cause I, I, I think you're right. I think like, that's the challenge. And I, well, I mean, maybe I would add this, like there is that piece of like, you know, scripture talks about the weaker brother and like saying, mm-hmm. all right, you know, Tanner really wrestles with, I, I don't know, watching working too out much, too much, working out too much. Yes. Like he's always well, actually at, like, like the, there's a virtue typically, right. <laughs> We'd be like, Oh, he works out so much, but you could be doing it because, you know, you have some sort of body dysmorphia or you idolize how you look too much and you're too obsessed mm-hmm. with your, how goodly you look. Um, and it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't feed that into him. He's already handsome enough. Like I can't keep up anyways. Let's help him slow down. Feed him a Big Mac. Mm. Love one. I did uh, have a chicken sandwich from McDonald's today. Talk about vices. I like fast food. And candy. There it is. It's not well, good for you, man. Candy's not a candy's not a vice. It's for gift from God. We are to Tanner, enjoy it. You know it's a vice, man. I know you love it too, though. And that's why we're friends. I know. I picked up some Starbursts today. Oh. Duos. So, oh, so duos. Josh, have those we are, those are nice. Those are nice. Josh, have we thoroughly explored this topic? Is there is there a place that we need to that we still need to talk about? Or can we be done with vices and no yeah i mean speed, it, up, yeah, speed I mean, off in our elongated cigarette boat yeah <laughs> cigarette boat all right uh yeah, no i mean there. yeah i mean i think i think by and large like as i said to preface our entire conversation it was just a phrase that really stuck in my mind <laughs> and got me thinking on a variety of levels how do we actually deal with this as as christians and so maybe i'll close with this 
and this is the beauty of at least how we articulate it in the Lutheran church, but I think just Orthodox Christianity uh, would, would agree with this. I was listening to a podcast uh, on a road trip and it was about cults because I love, speaking of vices, I love cult podcasts and cult stories. They are my favorite. And uh, in this particular podcast about this cult that relocated from India to Oregon back in the 80s, and they were discussing um, from a psychological perspective when it comes to to cults and cult leaders, the concept of guilt. And it was like, mm. what happens is cult leaders will ask you to do things that are humanly impossible. And then when you don't, and when you can't or you don't do those things, then they make you feel guilty about it. And it's this perpetual cycle of convincing yourself that you can do something, and then when you can't do it or you're confronted with failure, then you feel guilty about it. And I was thinking about this because I said, you know what? This is the beautiful thing about the rest that, that Gabe was talking about when it comes to grace. This is the beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is we can handle the problem of guilt when it comes to Christianity because we have a God who says, I know you're guilty. You'll never be able to escape from that guilt put it on the shoulders of my son on the cross and I will give you reprieve and rest and relief from that guilt, right? And so I think the same thing for me is this vice is this wasn't a conversation where I was thinking, okay, how can we talk about this? So then uh, as our as is our usual Lutheran way, how can we sort of abscond from this pursuit of Christian perfection? You know, because we're pretty free-handed. We're pretty loosey-goosey. We're very free in the gospel as Lutherans and we're like pretty much down for for pretty much whatever because we would ha- we, we hate to make things into a law. We hate to sound, have anything sound like works righteousness whatsoever, right? And yet at the same time, these are very real questions. And so it was more of the goal uh, in my mind of saying, okay, it, when it comes to vices, once again, to, to Gabe's point, right? When it becomes a sin or an idol, then it's clearly a problem. But by and large, how can we manage our sinful natures while continually placing the guilt that Satan as our accuser would like to heap upon us onto the shoulders of Christ each and every day through repentance and say, I'm not going to get it right. I am going to fail. I'm going to pick up that cigarette. I'm going to pick up that drink. I'm going to click on the remote and watch Netflix, you know, whatever. You know, how can we manage these things in a in a biblically faithful and faithful way to discipleship in Christ. And I think that's ultimately and finally rooted in a repentance and a reliance upon the work of Christ to free us uh, and give us reprieve from that guilt. Otherwise we will suffocate in it um, and we'll constantly try to prove ourselves worthy. And that just, you know, that doesn't work. It's never going to work. So one of my favorite Aesop's fables goes like this. There's a man and his boy and they're walking their donkey to the market. And people see them and they say, oh, you fools. What good is a donkey but to ride on it? And so the man picks his son up and puts him on the donkey. And then they encounter some more people. And people say, oh, for shame. This young boy rides gallantly on top of this beast and makes his poor father walk. That's terrible. So the boy gets off the donkey and the father gets on the donkey. Keep walking. They run into some more people. And these people say, oh, how dare this father make his poor son trudge along while he rides and rests on this donkey. And so the the father picks his son up and they both ride on the donkey. And then the people say, oh, I can't believe you would overburden this poor beast. How dare you, sir? And so then the father and the son get off the donkey 
and then they pick up the donkey and they start carrying it and people of course start laughing at them but then they trip over a rock and they lose control of the donkey and it falls off of a bridge lands in a river drowns and dies and that's how the story ends that's the whole story now aesop tells that story to say like if you try to please everyone you'll please no one which is like a fair enough lesson and you'll kill but i actually like to think about that a lot in terms of discipleship and perhaps we might even equate it to in terms of managing vice like there's a certain impossibility to it like i thought i had discipleship figured out where it was like oh it's about justice and caring for the poor that's it well yeah but actually it's really about evangelism and living life on mission well, yeah. Well, actually, it's really about spiritual disciplines and spending time in prayer and in the scriptures. Well, yeah, it's really about being a part of a local church and, and receiving the sacraments. Like, like you, it's just like no one is ever doing it right. No one is ever figuring it out. Like, we're all messing up taking the donkey to town. And like, that's where I think you're right, Josh. It's like, to me, it's just that dying and rising, man. It's like drowning the old Adam rising to new life and you just freaking just keep going like that's it that's it you just rest in grace while you do it footprints in the sand man because like even when you think you're right now you're just prideful you're super <laughs> not right yeah exactly in the words of the advice you think you know but you don't think you know dog oh, oh. and on that note we're so glad you joined us for pgp 612-208-6258 text us in Confess all your vices. Don't do that. Don't do that with our Google Voice number, please. No, Dej, we want to know all your vices. Well, Dej will let us know. He lets us know everything. Dej, uh, we look forward to your vices. But for the rest of you, I don't know. What did you think? Uh, and uh, was this a topic that interested you? And, and what do you want to talk about in the future? Six one two. You want Josh to never pick a topic again? The choices. You are know, yours. it probably that probably is true. You know, that probably is true. And when I carried you, I looked at it. it only once. Uh, Tanner, thanks so much for joining us tonight, man. Thanks for having me. We're going to be hearing. We're going to be hearing more of Tanner, whether it's on our on our regular episode or it's uh, for sure more B sides along the way. So yeah, but we have a better topic. I'll have more to say. Sorry, Josh. I I feel like that's what we're supposed to do. I just gave in. One of my vices is giving in to things easily. Yeah, yeah. I see how this is going to go, Tanner. I see how this is already going to go. Dead to me. It's going to be a great ringtone. All right, love you guys. Bye. <laughs>